One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready, gents? Ready. This is the last time we're all going to be in a room together for a few weeks. Yeah, until probably May. What? Ridiculously. Really? Uh, wow. Maybe the very last weekend of April. So lucky, isn't it, that one of the three of us is a model professional and will be here throughout <laughs> sailing this pirate ship on his own. Well, in the meantime, don't worry, we're going to have... It's going to be kind of a, a Frankenstein's monster of a podcast with little bits and bobs here and there. However, it's going to be no less high quality and uh, let's get into it then. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three, Pod! pod. It's currently Thursday the 2nd of April 2015 as we're recording this part of the podcast. And I am still in my rugby gear. And we're going to time travel back to when JB and Phil joined the BT Sport Tour de Flats tour. Indeed we did. So this is David Flatman driving the length and breadth of the land, picking up some of his old pals, picking up rugby legends and uh, having a little bit of a natter and exploring the the green and pleasant lands of uh, of England. I didn't get to go to this one because I had uh, kids to watch. You two went. Just it, How was it? Exciting. It's exciting. And you're a bit nervous because you're meeting a couple of heroes, especially if you're English, which I'm not, but they are heroes. But then you realise they're basically the same age as us. Yeah, no. That's, that's a weird bit. Like, what's Paul Shaw like? 34, I'm 31. On... Yeah, I remember Flats uh, propping for England like back in 2002. Yeah. When I was... when I. Think of myself as being a kid, but he's only like three, four years older fact, than me. So we trolled over to Sheffield, parked up in a, a travel lodge car park, uh, and, and then the magic happened. We wow! Were, we were sat there waiting, and the the convoy, the collective convoy, it was two uh, Land Rover Discoveries. It was like a presidential motorcade <laughs> of two, just the two Land Rover Discoveries, fully kitted out, turned up, and then uh, we got some time with wow. Flatman and Mister Bolshaw. Mm. Well, we're going to hear that uh, very soon. Also, you're going to hear Phil and JB's reaction to the weekend's rugby because they will. we will be putting a little bit in time travelling forward to after the weekend's rugby. So we'll get some reaction to the games and we've also got some other odds and sods as well. Not least, Phil, you've got a little... You've, cut, you've turned up with a package. What, what have you got in that little envelope there? I have... Got a little package uh, that I've been sent. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm just going to clip, Ooh, isolate what that. Have you got? No, no, JB, you missed that. I'm going to isolate, isolate that little sentence there. Phil going, yes, I have got a little package. <laughs> <laughs> nice little drop. 
Was it? Was it? Is it edible? It's not edible, unfortunately. It's not edible. It's all the way from uh, San Luis, California. What? It is... Yes! Some some MMA ears. Nice! Uh, there's two for you. There's two for you, Tim. So have I got the same ear? Wait. You're uh, going to have to explain this. So the cauliflower ears um, is at MMA ears on Twitter. So did the MMA wrestlers actually wear these then? So I've got I've got them on now and it's everything... <laughs> so, you look very good, Tim. Well, yeah. the, the idea is, I mean... In the UK, you get cauliflower ears because you play rugby. Yeah. In America, you only get it if you wrestle. And that's a pretty tough on sport. So, apparently, people go and hit their ears with rocks so everyone thinks that they do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Not everybody, of I'm gonna, course. I'm going to dob my brother in it, um, plays for London Irish, and he's legitimately got some cauliflower ears that he's earned over many years of playing premiership rugby. But he used to, when he was a teenager, rub his ears. I used to, I'm wow. walking in his bedroom, he'd be rubbing his ear. Uh, just to try and get the look of a... Of this a, wasn't of rubbing a anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no I, comment on that. <laughs> I had a few years ago uh, where I was playing against Blackheath. got a boot to the lip and my lip split open, had about six stitches. Went off to hospital, had about six stitches in my lip. When I got back to the rugby club two hours later, everyone was like, God, you, your lip looks bad. And what the hell's happened to your ear? And I, I'd had a proper cauliflower ear, so it basically exploded. It wow. Felt, oh. felt like... Um, a jam donut. <laughs> it was like four times its normal size. I saw an ENT specialist, ear, nose and throat specialist who drained it properly, which is horrible. Is it? Mine didn't feel bad at all. It's really difficult to uh, block the nerves to your ears. So he puts some anaesthetic in. It didn't actually do anything. And then he slices <laughs> into, into your ear and squeezes all the congealed blood out oh, of it. Oh, no wonder that hurt. <gasps> well, just to explain, <laughs> these, are little, these are little plastic ears that go over your ears. You <laughs> basically look like Stuart Hooper. Cauliflowerears.com mm-hmm. said is it's the foam finger for combat sports. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, Love it. so it's, it's also for the fans to show their allegiances and uh, some of the branding. So it, I think it is more applicable for fans. Yeah. It's... That's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, listen, I'll tell you what we've got coming up. It, we've got a special Easter 15, which we've had loads of help with on Twitter and, and Facebook and whatnot already. So thank you for that. If you got involved, you can catch us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and uh, subscribe on iTunes. And we're on the Acast app is where you may well be listening right now. But what we're going to do now is we're going to jump back in time to when JB and Phil were picked up in a car park by two strapping rugby men. David Flatman on BT Sports Tour de Flats. You're going to see that on the Rugby Tonight programme over the coming weeks and you will have already seen one on Monday night's show. Let's go back in time then. I can't actually remember the last time I was picked up in the car park of a travel lodge. I don't suppose it's a story for you. Know, Karen, hey, we've all we've all been there. We've all been there, you know. And you know, sometimes you just need the money, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what are you boys actually doing then? Good question. Mate. Uh, we are. What we are doing is we are going travelling to the most easterly, southerly, westerly, northerly, northerly points oh, of the cool. English World Rugby Cup. World Cup yeah. venue map. Okay, that's it's a bit of a mouthful. So to abbreviate it, we're going to the furthest away grounds that what games are going to be at. Well, it's east. So who is that? In Sandy Park? Is that Sandy Park? Uh, Olympic Stadium. Olympic first. Stadium. Sandy Park's in oh, the Sandy south. Sandy Park's west. in the west. Millennium yeah. is in Wales. No, Sandy uh, Park was the most southerly. Southerly, yeah. yeah. Is that more southerly than Brighton? Evidently, it is. Oh, I didn't know that either. 
And if it's not, we're going to pretend it is. Um, <laughs> and try and fool everybody who watches the show. I think, frankly, we, we may have gone to Exeter just because they always give you a meal ticket. And I kind of, and it's and a it's, great club. And it's quite yeah. near my house. Like, I live in Bath, oh. so it's quite close. So it's happy days. Good pies, apparently. Yeah, and the route to Brighton from where I live is all A roads. And I said, you know, let's sacrifice the quality of the content and just go somewhere convenient, you know. So I can't believe that you've, you've actually gone all the way up the north of England and bypassed sales. Steve Diamond's going to be furious. Yeah, I mean, I doubt he was. I doubt you'll lose much sleep over having missed us. But I oh, think... oh, we absolutely will. This will be another knock from the liberal elites. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah, I mean, we. Oh, he'll be furious. I mean, he's and he's probably right. To we feel... actually put the idea forward, didn't we? We did. But we did. The powers that be above us, Harry. They're worried about our valuables, you know. It's, uh, it's <laughs> and it's not the area. It's mainly Steve Hanley because um, a great guy, but completely amoral unit. I think we both agree on that. Um, so. You know, it's more. We'd love to see Steve Diamond and quotes, but it was more about just we do we do our very best, sort of week to week, not just when we're working, just to try and avoid contact with Steve Hanley. Really, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. How does it compare to uh, last year going to the south of France? Oh. A similar time. With well, a lot bloody warmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, well, it is different. Um, this is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a slightly different tour, but it's still ultimately a crack yeah. and we have a good time and when when you do telly stuff you know it's it's there is, there is an element of repetition to everything you do so every time you jump in the car and say right let's go to Newcastle or let's go to Cardiff you do actually have to pack up the car remove all the stuff from the car do three takes of you leaving a car park from each <laughs> angle then yeah. put all the stuff so it takes half an hour to yeah. get in the car and leave or more and every time you arrive somewhere it's the same and the vehicles have to be clean and all this sort of stuff and it's like right we're setting off but we haven't got time to stop here and here so someone needs to go and get petrol now someone goes to get petrol but that delays the 19 departure shots we have to do and all that but it's, yeah. it is quite a good crack and no, it's a good crack and also yeah. the guys that we're doing it with yeah. no, I, I the guess. boys back there they're good fun yeah except for Val Jay you know it's only a week I mean, but a week is quite a long time to spend with people that aren't like some Bolshan I are old mates and the lads who work with the other players we're all old mates but the crew we we see each other very rarely so to actually yeah. be in a vehicle with them and in six inches from there sort of nose to nose for a week is quite intense yeah. and relentless very long days um, but it's a great crack and we all get on really really nicely so we have a we have a good time in it and they they really know their stuff They're, the crew are real pros and they've got everything planned sort of minute by minute which they makes are, life easier for us. Makes life really easy for us. Like being a rugby player, to be yeah. honest. You get everything done, <laughs> you get everything done oh. for you. But it, but they're great because if we have an idea, they'll listen to it. And if we think something's crap, they'll listen to it. And they're they're happy to overrule us. But today we're going to the head producer's family farm in Yorkshire because he showed me a picture of his oh, dad's nice. vintage tractor, and I said I wanted a scud. So we are now doing a feature on a vintage tractor. You know, so I'm big into tractors. That's that's yeah, me too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, he told me it was a David Brown, and he's just found really? out it's a, a Massey Ferguson, which is great. Well, Massey Ferguson do only David Brown now. Yeah, right? now, but I mean, it's it was a vintage state. Yeah, so we, we have a great time. We have a really good time. So uh, Yeah, if you're up in North Yorkshire, you can find some great John Deere showrooms. I mean, they're, they're really worth hey, going to have a nose JB, around. I live in Somerset, mate. I've got plenty of those. You know? <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at my local John Deere dealership rather too much. They, I think they kind of... They see me arriving in my car and think, oh no, it's another three hours of our lives gone. <laughs> for, no, for, for no money, I'm not going to buy anything. 
Uh, will he be going past Leeds? Because of course there's a bit of big news out of Leeds today or Yorkshire Carnegie. Yeah. We'll be going past it, we won't be stopping in. Massive yeah. news for about Kev Sinfield, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is, is it big news though? It'll be 35 this year. Well, or next season when big he starts news that he's crossing coast. I never saw yeah. that coming. No. Seems a bit late. I mean, you want, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's been when I was a player all through his career. He's an outstanding professional, isn't he? Yeah. Hell of a player. Suppose, on the other hand, he is going to the Tester Club. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's what I mean. It's not the biggest news because he's moving across. He'll do a bit part. He'll probably do a bit of coaching, get some badges, and then he'll play a little bit. But I think just to have his influence yeah, from all, that, all the experience be... that he's had from Rugby League, to bring that to the young guys in Rugby Union uh, is priceless, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I think you, kicking yeah. stuff like that. I think you can you can read some of that and think, well, he hasn't got lot le- long left to play, and you could you could you could often argue that it's just a nice, it's a sort of conveniently, pleasantly wrapped up piece of PR for this yeah. sort of Carnegie yeah. setup. But yeah. you know that having watched Kevin Simfield for all these years, and obviously Bosch, you know him and whatever, but you having watched him, you know that this is a guy that's going to take whatever role he's got very seriously. So yeah. it's not some something that somebody in a pinstripe suit has decided and he's gone along with it he will be whatever he's doing he will he seems a sort of bloke from the outside that will try and do things very very well so he's he's one of those guys you can just tell that wherever he lands they're going to benefit from having him there yeah and we're back from the past into the present that was JB and Phil chatting to David Flatman and Ian Bullshaw more from the Tour de Flats Land Rover because you were you were sat in the back of the Land Rover right Yes, that's correct. Basically, spent half an hour driving round shopping uh, centre, Meadow Hall, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Meadow Hall <laughs> just off the M1 not? in Sheffield. Exactly. Why not? Good company, nice cars, top lads, yeah, yeah. top lads, nice cars. Uh, yeah. It seems to be the answer to every question that we posed to flats was uh, more scrimmaging. But <laughs> did knock on more scrimmaging. <laughs> when you two, you two talking about scrimmaging and tractors, yeah, it was unbelievable. He loves his tractors. Uh, uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> I, I know that now. I didn't know that before, but I know that now. But listening to the pair of you talk scrimmaging, I wanted to play this music oh, over here it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he could still do a job he's, on, he's on a, a rugby field, couldn't no, he? He's still young enough and in good shape enough that he I, could. I hope either Bolsh- well, both Bolshaw and Flatman never hear this, but... When I see Flatman on TV... Definitely leaving this music on for this, go on. <laughs> he, he does look... He just looks a little, a little bit, you know, jolly and, you know, ex-propish. He's a big man, and he's in good shape, too. Uh, crushes your hand in handshake. Now, I always also thought, Bullshaw is going to be, like, Phil size. He's actually a pretty big bloke, too. I expected Flats to be big. He was big. <laughs> he was exactly we, we as had, you'd imagine. We had a great view of the back of his head merging into his neck, merging into his traps from where we, <laughs> from where we were sat behind him. <laughs> and there's there's not much different to distinguish the uh, the three things. He's, wow. But yeah, Bolshaw was bigger and broader, sh- broader shoulders than I was expecting. Mm. Looks in good shape. Get, well, we're going to hear more from that in a little bit. We've also got <laughs> JB and Phil's reaction to the rugby you heard at the weekend. An Easter 15 is one thing we asked for. And thank you very much for... Easter co- 15 we asked for? Oh, Easter 15 we got, uh, Hell yeah, we got. Thank you for your help. <laughs> at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, good work. So an Easter 15, obviously, because it's the religious holiday. And yes, Nick Easter will make an appearance, but who else? <laughs> well, the back row is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Back, back row is outstanding. Nick Easter. Simon... Uh, what was his brother called? Mark Easter. Mark, Mark Easter. Easter. And Simon Easterby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does not get better than that. No. So that, that is the benchmark, but where else can we go with this one then? Phil, do you want to take the backs? I've got Alex Good Friday. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. Christian Wade, 
obviously. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> no, not not as good as the other. Have you, have you, it's decent. I, I struggled a bit with wings. I had Christian yeah. Wade and then Noah Cato, which isn't really it's Bible, but not very, <laughs> yeah. not very Easter. No. In the centres, Baptiste Bonnet. Nice. Oh, why, why, French, French why not John Baptiste Elisoud? Fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> both good. <laughs> Some terrible ones. <laughs> Joe Rocker Coco? Coco, chocolate. chocolate. Coco. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, that would be a winger. Yeah, that would have been a good winger, Jay, if you were listening. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was so busy looking looking them up. I, I don't know where they're going with Ryan Lamb. That's nativity, isn't it? No, well, Lamb's no, the lamb. traditional Easter meal. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Since when? Since forever. Not, yeah. Not, not true, not having it. Lamb's birthing, definitely. Well, um, hang on. Does that mean that we can have, like, a fish-based one? Because you eat fish on, on Friday? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, they are brilliant. <laughs> okay. So, Ryan Lamb, where are you putting him in our 15? Are you 10. Are you having him at 10? Um, well, not without Andy Good Friday, but you've also... Patrick Lambie. Lambie, yeah. Yeah, you've Lambie. You've also got a Good Friday. And there's Reese Priestland as well. That's the one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you could have... I'm, I'm sure Ryan Lamb used to play nine for England under-20s in his age group because it was either... Is either Cipriani or Geraghty. There was someone who was in his, the same age group as him who meant that Ryan Lamb had to play nine. I think you might, might really? have put it there. Yeah. I know it, was like, it was like a period of age group rugby. I think Johnny Wilkinson played 12 quite a lot. He what? did because, what was the name of the guy? The guy called, I think it was James Lofthouse. Who, wow! Who, who disappeared off the face of the earth after... So that... that oh. um, Shall we find James Fact. Lofthouse and remind him about his life That... Um, under 20s team, in, I think it was about 96 or 97, that had Tyndall, Wilkinson, Flats, Sheridan, uh, Borthwick, wow. the Sanderson boys, yeah. uh, Simon Danielli was oh, in there. Flatman was in that schoolboy team yeah. with, with uh, Dulwich College Dulwich with, with, with Sheridan. Sheridan that just ended everybody. But yeah, of all that team, all the players that made it, and then I think I'm sure it's James Loftow. I've got it written down somewhere uh, on my notepad of egg chaser <laughs> preparation stuff <laughs> <laughs> terrible film that's terrible anyway back to the 15 uh, so uh, did we agree on centres ridiculously oh no yeah yeah we, we, Baptiste Bonnet uh, we could have Jonathan Joseph oh yeah we well could... could you was Joseph even around, around uh, then? Was he was your... Jesus' dad Carl your... kind of technically well yeah sort of uh, stepfather yeah but we, <laughs> we, Jeremy Kyle wasn't around at the time to do a uh, to do a DNA test <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of centres there's like the, the Bishop Boys and Stuart Abbott yeah uh, there's I don't like that, any of them it's got to be East, Easter related okay okay so oh Adam Ashley Wednesday Cooper Ash Wednesday <laughs> Adam Cooper. Ash Wednesday Cooper <laughs> Christian Cullen no <laughs> Matt Hopper uh, what bunnies hopper because of bunnies yeah <laughs> that's a bit tenuous isn't it no that's great <laughs> go on okay. Phil you, you pick your back line okay Alex Good Friday Christian Wade and Joe Rocker Coco. Coco. Chocker Coco. Baptiste Bonnet and uh, let's say Stuart Abbott in the centre. Yeah. <laughs> this one cracks me up. Reese Priestland and Ryan Lamb. Yeah, I like it. So, front row, Xavier Chocky. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, someone puts Jeff Hot Cross Bun. Why not just Jeff Cross? Jeff, Jeff Cross. Cross. So over-engineering yeah. a problem. Yeah, Jeff yeah, Cross yeah, yeah. is sufficient. Yeah. And someone put Cross Ford as well, <laughs> instead of Ross Ford. <laughs> well, we are struggling for hookers a bit. I would have gone with Cross Ford. I can take Cross Ford and then Jeff Hot Cross Burn. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay, Cross Ford in, uh, in there. Brad, Crown of Thorns. Yes, I oh, like that. Oh, nice. I like that. Tom Palmer, Palm Sunday. Nice. Very good. Yeah. 
Uh, Easter, Easter, Easter Bee. Done. What position did Guy Easter Bee play? <sighs> was he a winger? I don't actually know. Um, yeah. What the, the only other forward I'd like to mention is Christian Day, because Easter is obviously one of the most Easter Sunday is one of the most Christian, Christian days, days of the going. calendar. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Disney fan. <laughs> Let's keep him open mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good work, guys. Good work. So great, fifteen. Thank you for your help. Loads of two, loads of people on Twitter oh. helped us out with those. At Rugby Podcast, you can get in touch with us. Can I just say this is the best one of them all? Refing the game, Roman. How did you say his surname? Poit. Poit. As he crucified them. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely genius. Let the boys pray. Let the boys pray. <laughs> So guy used to be I'll tell you When he retired Yeah His height and his weight And you've got to tell me his position Okay So you obviously know his Brothers with <coughs> Back row Simon used to be Yeah uh, He retired in 2008 It looks like He was 6 foot And 95 kg What position did he play? Fullback Wing Inside, inside centre He was a scrum half Oh he was six as well foot. Six, he six was. foot and 95 kg Yeah Wow! Yeah, yeah. He, so he could be he could solve his scrum half problem in the back in the back in the backs, Phil. In the back, yes, perfect. Yeah, uh, Sammy Sabi was a cracking player, by the way. People Agreed. forget how good he was. Mm. Now you're going to hear the reaction to the weekend's rugby, which, as we're talking right now, we haven't seen, but you have seen because it's after that. So let's go back in time, forward into. Oh my god! Can you explain it? Do you know what I can't explain this? Okay, so what happens is I talk about the Bath win. I talk about the Saracens win. Yeah. Unfortunately, Northampton lost, and so did Wasps because they were cheated by uh, the Nathan Hughes appeal. Here we go then. Reaction to the weekend's European quarterfinals coming up. <sighs> Disappointing. <laughs> so you guaranteed a Bath victory? I did, and I would have got one. In fact, I was 100% correct, other than getting robbed by the yellow card. <laughs> Well, there's the yellow card, but they were also pretty underpowered in the scrum. Came Palmer Newport. I keep calling him Kane Palmer Newport. <laughs> yes, Kane. Kane Palmer Newport. Yeah, I've seen him play before. Uh, I felt he was fairly good in the LV Cup, but apparently the LV Cup isn't the European Cup. It's slightly different when you're facing off against Kean Healy, who's coming back into form, and a, a pack that contains quite a few Irish internationals. But the... Standard of play at this level is so high, Bath got that yellow card, they lost by three points and they conceded six when Anthony Watson was off the field. Yes. Uh, I think that has a significant part to do with it. It does. They would have ended up losing anyway. I know George Ford was magnificent, but the scrum just meant that they were getting penalties given against them, they weren't able to get the field position that they needed for long enough periods of time. George Ford was indeed magnificent. In fact, he was so good, I'd rate him slightly above Danny Cipriani now. <laughs> like 1A and 1B. <laughs> 1A and 1B. They're both the same, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not, there's not much between them. Now, on the scrum, this kind of is reminiscent of last year for Bath, where they had fantastic 80% of the season, and then they got two front row injuries in the same position. So Bath have got Probably two international calibre players in every position. They've got Paul James and Nick Alterac, yep. they've got Batty and Weber, and they've got Henry Thomas and Davy Wilson. Oh, of course, Davy Wilson. So last season, both their hookers were injured for the closing part of the season, and they dropped out of the back. Who did they go with? Orlandi in the end? Uh, I think Orlandi was a hooker. Um, it wasn't Orlandi, it was someone else. 
but they were down to like third choice bare bones and it cost them the top four place and this I almost feel like it's history repeating itself with Henry Thomas and Dave Wilson injured they're going to be struggling in that I have a horrible feeling that you might be right horrible Mm. feeling Uh, the boy that what's his name Laugh Max Lahif. Lahif, that's it. He looks like a big old boy. He's a big, big slab of meat. He's like um, Autorak physique. Uh, Paul James and Davy Wilson. They are just big slabs. Yeah. Good and bad weight. They were born to scare children. <laughs> Whereas Max Lahif looks in good shape, like Autorak. Mm. So interesting to see how they get on with Kim Palmer Newport and, Aut- and Lahif to the end of the season. Yeah, I think is Lahif Australian or something? Did he play? He's English, but he played. He's, I think he started at London Irish and then played out for Melbourne Rebels for the last couple of That's years. That's the one. Yeah. From the Leinster point of view, it was a great win. I think it was undeserved. That is basically entire Ireland team give Paul O'Connell and the uh, Con- Connor Murray, Robbie Henshaw, a few of the Irish, a few yeah. of the Ulster boys. I mean, a couple of injuries, and the Irish team could look very similar to that Leinster team. You've got in pretty much every position one who's been capped by Ireland, mm. <laughs> near enough. And I kind of wonder what will happen to um, Madigan because they tried him as a ten. I don't think he quite fits as a ten. He's a little small for a centre. He's a good goal kicker, and Sexton's going to come back. I wonder if, it, I wonder if he's going to be the next JJ Hanrahan and disappear somewhere. Well, they've already got rid of Gopeth, so they'd be. He really wouldn't want to let Madigan go unless they've got another young prodigious talent coming through. So it will be interesting to see whether they play him more at 12, which is where he has been playing for the big games. They can play him at 15, which they have done a little yep. bit, but obviously you've got Carney there, or both the Carney boys can play there. And maybe, maybe he is the contender for Chris Wiles' shirts of most valuable backup. <laughs> <laughs> if it had gone on for another 10 more minutes, that Bath could have... At that last penalty as well, I was certain it was going Bath's way. Absolutely certain. I thought it might have done as well, but on replay, I think it's right. Garvey does come in from the side. Banahan played excellent. Yes. Banahan was excellent, and I thought um, Aguja was excellent. Yes. I also thought that Sam Burgess, when he came on, did absolutely nothing, and it's time to free Sam and let him go back to the league. <laughs> it's, it's getting silly now. No. I think very solid when he came on. Defence excellent, carries incredibly hard. He just needs more time to play whatever his final position is going to be and stick him there. Now, did you get time to see this game live? I did. Right. It's the next game that you didn't see live. Yeah, Northampton Claremont. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Where do we start with Northampton Claremont? I saw the second half live, but the damage was already done by that point. The most disappointing result of the entire weekend. It was just crushing. For a fan of English rugby, to watch... Current top of the Aviva Premiership by 10 points and the current English champions go to France. You'd expect they've got a chance. Yeah. And they got summarily outplayed in every single department. Outplayed, outmuscled, outthought, just generally beat up. And it's a pack that's got some huge talents. To have like Marafu, Dylan Hartley, Corbisiero, Laws, and Manoa is, is on paper is there a second, be- a better second row in exactly. European well, rugby. Here's where I kind of stood on that. Northampton had pretty much a full side out, except for a winger, which makes no difference here. And that, that wasn't where the game was lost, not by a long way. And if you went through the teams, they've got two internationals, two two lions starting in the front row, with another prop who's good enough that Toulon wanted to sign him. The second row. Toulon's already signed one of them yeah. and Laws is the current incumbent in the England shirts yeah. and then you've got the small master of Callum Clark and Tom Wood who've been exceptional so 
I think this this one was on Northampton. I don't think it's a much uh, case of salary caps, a case of inferior players. It's just they got beaten up. They did get beaten up, and Claremont were much more up for it. And something interesting that was mentioned uh, by one of the writers in the Guardian today: the crowd for the Claremont game was unbelievable. Mm. Why is the when you watch France playing? Why is it not like that? Because it was this like hostile kind of ferocious atmosphere that built their players up it was like an ex- having an extra man on the field and also if you're a French fan are you not watching this and go ah I see that's how centres play because your boy we've not seen him all Six Nations Fofana had, had a dreadful Six Nations he didn't, we just play, didn't play in the last two games and then he lights it up for Clermont and that's how France should be deploying him internationally yeah it's just a remarkable performance to every single time they carried they were Bending the game, benders. Bending the game line, game line, and then they offload, and then they break the game line. And yeah, Benders was brilliant. Where does he stand now in, in England rankings? Well, nowhere near because he's playing in France. Oh, rules! <laughs> uh, it's but, really quite ridiculous, isn't it? You got this English qualified. Well, he's English. Full stop. Yeah, he, is English. he is English, and yeah, no one's interested because of the rules. No, but I still. If, even if he was playing in England, I would still have him behind Mike Brown. Mike Brown is not that good. I think he Mike is. Mike Brown, I think now he's starting. He's starting to become the most overrated player in the, uh, in the entire England squad. He's very good, but he's not as good as Halfpenny. He's not as good as Carney. I, I, I would, if I was picking my Lions team, genuinely, I'd have him ahead of both of those. Depends what you want. No, you wouldn't. I would. No, you would I, not. I, you absolutely. or like, if, if I if I said you had to play a game right right now and we had to mortgage a house. Yeah. You would not play Mike Brown. I and would. if you did, you'd be mental. I absolutely would. 100%. Okay. So Mike Brown isn't as good as Carney going forward. I, I'd, I'd say he's better. No. I'd say he's better. The last six nations, he was most meters made. He was top try scorer, most meters made, most clean line breaks. He's absolute savage. <laughs> Carney is far better. And also, Lee Halfpenny, best in the world at what he does. Now, kicking. Kicking, but he is also telepathic. If I was to look for an individual with clairvoyant abilities I would start with Lee Halfpenny because he knows where to stand every time a ball is kicked but he also tackles with his head he also tackles with his head and I'd argue he's the best at that too uh, tackling with his head yeah. yes but it does have he's got three consequences world, three world leading qualities <laughs> for me Halfpenny clearly better, better than Mike Brown and actually I think Bender's probably better than all three at running the ball maybe better going forward but then he just, does a, have, just a simple ball runner he does have other frailties but yeah he's exceptional running the ball Bender's now if we were fishing catching fish after fish after fish would be boring and that would be like watching Claremont try after try after try <laughs> Saracens was like big game fishing and only getting one enormous tuna right at the end. It right was at the, the very most end. Satisfying game I have watched in a good few months. It was brutal up front, the two packs going at it. But Racing Metro didn't make the most of their chances. They had territory and possession, they had good platforms, and Saracen's defence was. It's half Saracen's defence was too good, half Racing didn't execute well enough. Oh, half just bad luck. They knocked on pretty much over the line, so they knocked the ball over the line in a clear try scoring opportunity. I think they were held up. Uh, they then bought off Jamie Roberts with 11 minutes to go. Not for injury, but to bring on Mike Phillips at outside centre. Very <laughs> peculiar. And they had the majority of, of territory, and they looked like the better team. They looked like a really, really good team. But Saracens came yep. with a game plan, and it was executed marvellously. 
and only one try of the game the uh, flop of the line from Maxine Machinode mm. but Saracens just did enough and that kick that is one of the most exciting ways to finish a game isn't it you oh know, my word you know time's up you've got 48 metre kick from 20 metres to the side of the post and Marcelo Bosch who's he's not like a normal place kicker because all the normal place kickers have this like regimented routine where mm-hmm. they'll take their three steps back their two across they'll look up they'll play with their feet they'll swing their arms yep. they'll have this exact precise thing whereas Mar- Marcelo Bosch is just a really good natural strike of the ball and he, he just runs two, up two steps back two steps sideways kicked it yeah runs up boots it and it flies over it was I awesome looked. yeah the weird thing about a Masole Bosch kick is about five minutes prior to that he had two knock-ons and one of the things that the uh, oh by the way Sky commentators wonderful <laughs> said, oh that looks like a, a pre-planned strike move do you know what the move was? No, ten to twelve, twelve to thirteen. Genius. <laughs> two passes. Yeah, yeah. It's two passes with Marcelo Bosch coming on a short line off the twelve, and Sky have gone mental as well with with their graphics. The gain, vision- gain line. The gain line. Gain, line, gain line tracker that we're using. I saw it used with Northampton. Oh we're, right, yeah. Showing how far behind the gain line each tackle was made. So Clement were like pushing off the line really fast in defence. And tackling Northampton five yards behind the game line, then eight yards, then twelve yards. Well, the graphics which I love the most. Well, there was one, the use of the eyes graphics. So when a player <laughs> uses his eyes, Sky use a cone to designate where the player may be looking. So there was some there, there, there was some great looking by uh, some of the two long <laughs> players. Is that uh, like I, I didn't see that because I didn't watch all the games. Is that like when he used to play Metal Gear Solid. Yes, and you'd have the guards, and they'd have this like cone of vision. That's exactly what it was as like. As long as you stay out of the cone of vision, uh, you're okay. So they had a clip of Stefan Armitage, and it, he's clearly looking at the ball. Where do you think he would look? <laughs> as much of interest, like he's looking at birds flying past. He's looking at stretches of his coach. What, his what girlfriend pos- in the crowd? Exactly. Uh, the other graphic which they employed to um, <laughs> create effect was the bending over graphic. And that is literally a arrow in a U shape, which you superimpose over jackling players to demonstrate <laughs> the jackal. Like, yeah, I get it. I know, I get it. <laughs> and maybe the coup de gras was the um, <laughs> is that as highlighting uh, Armitage or Bastereau with not just a circle, but a circle and then two enormous arrows, as if I need any help <laughs> identifying the overweight centre or the rotund flanker. Well, do you know which one it was? Well, I guess <laughs> that's a good point. It didn't actually, it didn't actually tell me if it was Bastro or Armitage, but it was obvious because he's standing between Ali Williams and he's standing behind uh, Backy's Bother or someone. It, it was clearly him. Hats off to Sky, and I must say that the BT the, the BT game was actually the Saracens game. Yes, Sky then had the Wasps, Wasps uh, Toulon game, Wasps Toulon game, which I thought was another magnificent game and a great performance by, by, by Wasps. Did you manage to see see all this? Uh, I've seen all the highlights of it. Again, I was uh, stuck up a mountain. Oh my word! Uh, with who? Jamie Cudmore. <laughs> Sadly, I wish. <laughs> Catching salmon. Where's our little music thing? Soundboard. Thank God. Um, brave, brave performance. However much money they pay Ashley Johnson, it's not enough. Because that guy is mega. He's awesome, isn't he? He's different league. I mean, he was just a leader from start to finish. Whereas most teams bring on fresh hookers, wasps are able to move their back row, who's made like you know 
15 tackles and 5 turnovers and then rest him at hooker yeah and 60 yards as well oh he is some player unfortunately again due to the curse in our game of cards they were deprived of Nathan Hughes his replacement his replacement is a gentleman called Guy Thompson Guy Thompson have you you come across Guy Guy Thompson Uh, young English lad I think of him more as a flanker rather than I've seen him play open side I've um, seen him come on, on at open side in the Premiership. He's six foot one, 105 kg. That is a little shorter than me and a little lighter than me. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I do a better job playing against Toulon, but there again, <laughs> I have no business playing against Toulon <laughs> at eight. And I'd probably suggest that Guy Thompson's got a little bit of development before he... Well, I've just looked him up. He's actually 28 years old. No! So I, I thought he was like 19 or something. Yeah, so did I. Uh, on the plus side, he's got great hair. <laughs> Wonderful hat. So he's compared to Nathan Hughes, who's like 22, 23, who's 6'5 and 120 kg, something like and that. And the like hardest man in the world to tackle. Yeah, and, and remarkably quick for someone of that height and size. Yeah. We, I, I was watching this game. As we're watching it, I was thinking, what does this guy actually. What does he actually do? I mean, yeah, he's willing, but I'd be willing. <laughs> if you're going to get paid, paid that <laughs> yeah. much money to play on the biggest stage. He came um, he came off the back of the, back of the scrum, made the correct decision, smashed right into uh, Michelak, who drove him backwards. <laughs> now, if you're str- struggling to make game line yards against Freddie Michelak, who hasn't started a game for about eight years and is about, what... 80kg wet through or something ridiculous yeah his comparing Guy Thompson to you Freddie Mishlak is probably similar height and weight to me and I would smash you uh, we have done it once before in a sevens tournament sevens tournament uh, I don't remember that <laughs> I, I'm not a sevens player as you well know I was fatigued yeah. <laughs> but it just shows uh, again a silly card a ludicrous panel decision for Nathan Hughes and Wasps get beaten by the narrowest of margins because I think this was actually a really competitive game and Wasps did extremely well yeah, they came back into it, didn't they? Um, it obviously, Toulon started much stronger. Just an interesting thing about selection from Wasps. Lazowski starting instead of Good. Yeah. But Good was on the bench, so he's not injured. Mm, could be carrying Ron a knock, I guess, or getting... Could be, yeah. Uh, inverted commas fit again? I don't know, because he's been <laughs> out... He's missed a couple of games, but I don't know if he's was fit or rested, or they just... Wanted to have a look at Lazowski. Well, they definitely didn't rest anyone this game, so we can forget that. But maybe there is an element of moving on for the future and giving Lazowski as much time as possible. Again, that just wouldn't make sense. He must be ready for it, or they wouldn't be throwing him in. Yeah, but I, he only started his first Premiership game a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks ago, was it? Yeah, it? something like that. Uh, was it not Northampton his first Premiership game? Uh, the the game that um, Nathan Hughes last, yeah. last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Last weekend. So we, his two games have been. The travesty in Northampton, Franklin's Garden Gate, <laughs> and uh, Toulon. That's a hell of a welcome. And he's 0-2. Yeah, well... It's a <laughs> tough, tough start. Is it, is it, it's a tough start, but he's, he's promising. Right, so the semi-finals, which are at two weeks' time now... Is that what it is? It is, yeah. They, they've changed the, the scheduling, so it's like a one-week break in between the, the semi-finals and then the final. The final's now on the 2nd of May, I think it is. Oh, right, I have no idea. So it's, it's coming up fast. But the, the finals are a re- it's a w- weird because it's a repeat of the group stage game in that it's Claremont versus Saracens uh-huh. and then Toulon versus Leinster, so Leinster travel. So within 12 months, Claremont and Saracens have seen each other four times? Four times, yeah. Wow. Um, and then if you had another year, you had another game against them, because maybe even another two games because they played... Uh, 
the previous the 2013 Heineken Cup did as well. they? yeah I'm sure they did so well the last four games have been 2-2 two and, two and two. is that 3-1 and one? well so, no, Saracens definitely beat oh, no, no, at home sorry it's 2-1 and one. it's 2-1 and one. this will be the fourth game in a year yes yeah, so, yeah, sorry, yeah, so it's 2-1 and one. I've got a funny feeling Saracens might repeat the trick it's a tough place we've said about the atmosphere in Claremont it's different playing over there than it is they playing, s- playing them to be fair home. they scraped through against do you think they scraped through against Racing and beat Claremont last year and what's this year because of all the English teams they're the most French Saracens are yeah. with a big pack attritional mind you they're not French are they because the French are disorganised and they're big that is what yeah. we do we beat people up Saracens are phenomenally well organised and, uh, and they're pretty big yeah they are marvellous at what they do they plan everything in meticulous de- great organisation well we'll talk about that in more depth next week and then the other one is Toulon Leinster which will be another great game well Leinster went over to Toulon and got absolutely <laughs> spanked and I imagine this will go exactly the same way yes so that's stuff to look forward to and just one more piece of news before we time travel back to back to Thursday when we're recording this yes please Phil have you seen the Stuart Lancaster motivational speaking fiasco I've heard something about this in the press and I felt it was a little bit cruel uh, it's <laughs> Stuart Lancaster should not be blamed at all for this mm-hmm. but he's basically offering his services or MC Sarchi I think it is are offering his, ser- his services as a motivational um, leadership speaker mm-hmm. and They've listed his achievements, and I'm, you can't see this, I'm doing air quotations, inverted commas for this. His achievements as being runner-up in the Cook Cup, the, Hil- oh, no. the Hillary Shield and the Millennium Trophy, which is competed between uh, England and Australia, England, New Zealand, England and Ireland, respectively. Oh, he must be furious. So to say you're runner-up in a two-horse race is not... <laughs> Sorry, and what do these guys do, do for a living? Uh, well, marketing, marketing. motivator of speaking. And no one thought to check this out. It's unbelievable. This has been written by some, by some guy in very, very tight tight trousers and a cravat. <laughs> and one of these artistic types who has no, no idea about contact sport. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's like saying you came runner-up runner in an arm wrestle. It's the marketing equivalent of playing Guy, guy Thompson at eight. <laughs> bravo, bravo indeed. Anyway, let's get back... Into the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Over to you, Tim. Well, there you go. A good, good analysis, boys. And, Thank you very and much. how accurate were all your predictions, JB, as well? Incredible. Uh, spot on. That was JB and Phil's take on the weekend's events. If you've got anything to add to that, at Rugby Podcast, you can find us on Twitter. And the next thing on our agenda is Phil has a quiz. Yes. There's a lot of reaction on Twitter, JB, to the fact you actually managed to win a quiz. Please refer to me as quiz champion. <laughs> Only as good as your last quiz, I guess. Indeed. Exactly right. Um, and you were very... Well, you were passable. Well, you won. Well, I you won, won, didn't I, so... You did. We're good about that. You did enough. What have you... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, one single question, 10 points available. It's now 10 years, almost to the day, since the 2005 Lions Tour to New Zealand. There are 10 players who are still playing this Ooh. season who toured in 2005. Can you name them? I believe I can. <laughs> Very confident this week, Jay. 10. That's 10. Astonishingly. Oh no, Beardmore's nailing it. <laughs> yeah, I was quite surprised that there were a full 10. God, it wasn't. This is the Clive Woodward one, was it not? Yeah. It was. It was a big squad. It was 44 man initial squad. And then there was a further seven players who joined up with them. Ah, yeah, it was a huge squad actually. Um, and he said, didn't he? His biggest mistake was not to make it bigger. Wow. He said if you could do it again, he'd make it bigger. More outside centres. The only, one, <laughs> the only one I can remember from that. The only one I can remember from that tour is one of JB's all-time favourite players. Yeah, <laughs> Danny Grucock. Was he on that tour? He, he was, was on that tour, yeah. Mind you, just name the player. They're probably probably on that tour. But yeah, name a player who was big ten years ago. Exactly. Ooh. Well, I'm, I'm think, the, the process I'm going down is who are like massive stalwart players now. That's my yeah. That's logic. A, that's a good angle to take. Oh, oh sorry. It <laughs> sounded like we were both mutually climaxing at that point. <laughs> Enjoying yourself. Yeah. Twenty seconds left, and I'll. Have to see your answers. Let's go. Okay, Jay, how many have you got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And Tim? I also have eight written Ooh, down. Ooh, interesting. So, so shall I give one? One that you're very confident with. One that I'm very confident with, Paul O'Connell. Correct. Jay? Yep. You, I know you, you have got it. Paul O'Connell? Okay, cool. Jay? Gavin Henson. Correct. I've got Big Gav, look, 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 there's Big Gav. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I went with Paul O'Connell's second row partner at the time, Donico Callahan. Jay? As did I. Oh. Correct. Three for three. Yeah. Go on, JB. Mark Cueto. I did not put Mark Cueto in. I can tell you that Mark Cueto was an addition to the Yes! Tour for the injured Ian Bolshaw. So it is correct. Oh. Woo. Four. Is that four or three? Four. Four. And four I've, four I've for three. JB, three uh, for Tim. His clubmate at the time, Charlie Hodgson. Jay? Charlie Hodgson. I did not get no. Well, you don't know if he's in? Is he cor- is in. He is. Is cor- oh, yes! He's correct. Four all. Woo! This is where it starts to get a little bit uh, not so great. Gethin Jane. Oh, Gethin Jane. Hang on. Gethin Jenkins. Gethin Jenkins. How did I forget that name? Tim. I can't believe I missed that one. He is in, isn't he? He is in. <laughs> we haven't, no four. one's given a wrong answer yet. 5-4 for JB. I didn't get um, 
Hodgson. No, you didn't Hodgson. get Hodgson, but, but you, you haven't didn't... given a wrong answer. No. Tim. Dwayne Peel. Ah, no! <laughs> a Welshman that JB doesn't have, but was on the tour. Yes! Five all. So we've, we've both got four answers, uh, three answers left. Jay? Adam Jones. I don't know if I'm going to... I have not got Adam Jones. I've not that at all. Adam Jones is not correct. Oh! <laughs> all right. Uh, Gordon Darcy. He's still playing this season, Ooh, isn't that's he? That's a good and I'm not sure he was. Was Gordon Darcy on the tour? He's been in Ireland International for a long time. He yes, to... he was. Oh, no, no, no. He was on the tour, 6-5 I don't think I don't think I've got any any good ones left. Ian Goff. I don't have Ian Goff. I can tell you that Ian Goff, who's just been cleared of assault on his uh, former yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah worth, so. m- worth mentioning that. He's been he's been cleared and his record is clean after all the allegations after and tabloid lied. stories. Yeah, if we do another criminal 15, he won't make it. He will, he will not, not make it. Make it. Um, no, he was not on the tour. <laughs> right, oh, no. so, so JB's given seven answers and got five right. Yeah. I've given six answers <laughs> uh, and got six right. Yeah. <coughs> so I've got two. So this one would actually win it. Yes, it would. Right. Matt Stevens. Ah, I didn't. I wasn't going to win, but. Jay, is, your Matt, is Matt Stevens your remaining He was one? an England international in about 2002, three, I think. No, I don't have Matt Stevens. Matt Stevens. And he plays both sides, so it just sort of thought it might have been a squad selection. I can tell you he was he first played for England in 2004, and he was oh, in the 2005. No, I did well. 7-for-7, my eighth one, and the final one, which I don't think is right, is Chris Custer. Oh, that's a good shout. I thought it was a good shout, but Chris Custer is also correct. Oh, what, what was Matthew? Oh, what Matthew Tate? Matthew Tate, no, no. He, he, he was eighteen in two thousand eight five. five. Eight five, Jay. And the one player that you missed, uh, Ryan Jones. Six. I, I got six. Ryan eight. Jones. Eight. Yeah, Ryan Jones was the one player that you missed. I got six for the record. Okay, eight <laughs> six. You're, you're a loss. You're a loser. Uh, and you can refer to me as quiz champion now. Yes, and, um, and me as quiz, quiz master. From from the quiz champion, I would like to hand over to a world champion, Ian Bolshaw. David Flatman wasn't in the World Cup squad, was he? He wasn't. No, he was not. Um, he's still a proper ledge. And Tour de Flats, you can see on BT Sport on Monday nights, a little serialised version of David Flatman's tour in a Land Rover, in the BT Sport convoy, going up and down the land, meeting rugby legends like Ian Bolshaw, who he caught up with, and they picked up in a car park, JB and Phil. Here is part two of that interview. And talk about rugby laws. Scrummaging. Oh, oh, My forte. Here <laughs> yeah. we go. We've thought of some laws which we're basically going to rip up and scrap. Right. So we're going to give you an example of three. You're going to yeah. tell us if they're a good idea or not. And then we want your ideas of laws to be scrapped. So the first one, dead obvious. Throwing into the line out. If it is caught by the attacking team and the offending team don't try and interfere, i.e. they don't go up, Yeah. you cannot not throw it straight. Right. <laughs> should we talk, should we just Where that? do you stand? Where do you stand? Well, I do think you? I think all you have to do is I, I see I see the reasoning for it and I've spoken I've thought about this before and I sort of think, well, if they're not up then they don't deserve to be given a scrum or the option of a scrum or line out because the ball wasn't straight because they weren't competing anyway. So yeah. Uh, it's almost like being offered a scrum if the opposition player, opposition kicker misses a penalty kick. Well, it's kind of your fault he had it. 
and it's you haven't done anything to bring, earn that ball back but you're getting given it anyway um, but it's just one of those rules that's really easy to exploit so all you need to do is have one tall bloke jump like that at the front of each line out so that represents no competition whatsoever but legally that would resent that would represent a jumper going for the ball alright he's nowhere near it because he's only six inches off the ground and everyone else is busy staying on the ground but it's a law that you can suddenly there's a million connotations to it and everyone's angry and frustrated by it because actually well okay I was nowhere near it but Tom Croft at the front did jump up with his arm in the air does that technically represent going for the ball yes so then you're knackered I see you've actually thought of this yeah so it doesn't work why don't we just scrap line outs all together and just make the game a lot quicker <laughs> like rugby league well that's what I'm trying to do because if you have a line out it takes a minute to set it up and then if it's not straight even though the other team doesn't compete you, then you go have to another scrum. minute to yep. set up a scrum so you've got two minutes lost when because no one was competing where else have you got to be? How busy are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Are you, are, you, are you that desperate to save, you know, 120 seconds in your life on a day out with your mates? You know, like, don't worry about it. The game's only 80 minutes long, though. Yeah, I would. I as just... much rugby in as you can. Yeah. All right, well, how about we speed up even more and we get rid of knock-ons? This, well, this is a get genius Get rid of idea. knock-ons. Yeah, wait for it. Well, then the game would be a shambles. No, it absolutely <laughs> wouldn't. So... Be four gridiron, passes, <laughs> not allowed. Yeah, you can't score from a knock-on, and any deliberate knock-on still results in a yellow card. What we'd have is a fumble situation, less scrums, which obviously isn't a good thing for everyone. But you know, he'd no, be no. happy. No, no, <laughs> I'm no, not, no. I know it's more fluid game. I don't think less scrums is a benefit. I think each scrum, not taking as long. I think yeah. there's, there's difference. Yeah. So scrum, scrums are very, very important. We can discuss that in a minute. But they're, 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 Do we have to? They are, <laughs> they are as important for guys like Bolsh as they yes, are for they props. Because they make people tired and create space. For mm-hmm. They group everyone. They group half the players on the pitch in one place for, for a few space, seconds. Yeah. So there is, there is yeah. room for a while. But, but these days, you, you seem to hardly ever see scrums being used as an attacking weapon. They seem to be used as a penalty weapon. Yeah, but that's an attacking weapon. That's points, you know. Yeah. Like bit, when you're saying the, the group half the players to create lots of space outside, you hardly ever, like, part of my frustration with the game at the moment, you hardly ever see. First phase tries? Yeah, that's, from, that's, from scrums. Yeah, but that's because defences have moved on so much because heroes like Kevin Sinfield have come into the game, people that have coached him and have up, you know, made it so hard to score from, score from first phase. But and if you, if you want to talk a, about. It's a, not about the scrum, that's about defence because the scrum is always, eight blokes have always, 16 blokes have always stood there. An attack from first phase. The fact that people aren't scoring from first phase now is because defences are better. I, I think it's more to do with balls coming out less frequently and they're keeping it in and either trying to win a, yeah. a penalty but or it, it comes out really scrappily. That's not to do with the scrimmage in itself, though, is it? That's to do with the interpretation of the laws by the individual referee. Yeah. So there's no consistency yeah. in the referee, yeah. which yes. then. Which that, that, the, the lack of consistency leads to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is part of the problem. Um, I do think it's very important that we have scrums, but I, there needs to be something done. Well, uh, but knock in terms of knock-ons, they've yeah. got to go. You are, they've just got to go. You're gone. So yeah, but then you have okay. So we're going to run a move whereby you're going to accidentally knock the ball on, but on purpose. Yellow and yet we yellow score, and yet we score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then you got so Wayne Barnes is refereeing. We run a move. Oh, where I, I know that 
I'm going to get past the ball and I'm going to believe it or not accidentally knock it on and would you believe it my guy's running around the back and taking it but we're not going to score so you're allowed it so you're allowed to carry on by your by your criteria well, we're allowed to carry on because we're not going to score from it you are we're to just going to make 60 yards well here would yeah. be the example of how, of how it actually works in practice because there is a sport where you can knock on American football but yeah. you never want to knock on because there's not really an advantage to throwing the ball on, on the floor ever. Well, yeah. Yeah. In fact, the longer it's on the floor, uh, the more likely the opposition are to win to the get ball it. back. Yeah, yeah. And so, also, if it was that easy, you'd have little grubber kicks going all the time to exploit it in exactly the same manner. And that it's, it's just too difficult to do either way. But then you've got double, if you've got a grubber kick and a potential accidental knock on, you've got double the options, which makes it twice as likely to be effective, doesn't it? So you're doubling your options from a knock-on to a grubber. But then a knock-on, a deliberate knock-on is a yellow card. Yeah, yeah but, then, yeah, but then, you, then you're again... I, what I, I think... You're asking big, the referee then... You're, you're, you're asking the ref to... It's got another really, really open grey area. Yeah. area to think about. And I think the refs have too many of those. And <coughs> I think the scrum is a great example of referees having way too much to do. It's not fair. So then people say, well, let's get... Let's get a, let's get ex front row in, an ex prop in to every game. Okay, well that works for the six Premiership games every weekend. Yeah. yeah. Then what about all the divisions below? And then what yeah. about that? And you suddenly you're changing the whole game. And I tell you what, I played prop for ages, and there are plenty of scrums I watch, and I haven't got a clue what's <laughs> yeah. happened. And I only know, and I regularly I hold my hands up when I'm on the telly talking about it. I I often say I would need to have another look at that. If I had to make an instant decision now, yeah. I would probably reset because I don't know. These guys are under so much pressure to make decisions that, not saying they guess, but they've got so much to look for. I think it is verging on impossible to referee a scrum at elite level now. Well, how would you change it? To, is there I would, anything that can be done? I would reduce, I would basically reduce. If you imagine, I mean, we got told a couple of years ago when I was playing, this is a photograph of a scrum. This was, I think Dean Richards, the referee, came down. He was brilliant. He did some live scrum sessions with us, and they're just a brawl, you know, generally. But in, be, in between punch-ups, he told us some really useful stuff, and he said, this is a photograph we're given, and he showed it to us. This is what a scrum should look like. And whoever it is that is causing the scrum to not look like this, effectively, is the guy we visually investigate and generally penalise. Now, I straight away looked at that and said, well, I can't do what he's doing. I can't do that. Well, you know what, your, your bind needs to be there. And I said, well, my shoulders don't go there. I've had five shoulder recons. They don't, they don't go there. So I can scrummage legally. I can scrummage so that the tight head prop against me has no complaints about what I'm doing, but you will still penalise me and cost my team points and games. Yeah, well, you need to get your arm there. Okay, let, lean against me now. I'll lean against this guy. You try and pull my arm to there. So he did that, and I said, I'm not stopping it. That stopped itself. So what do I do? Because you've you've now been given a new photo which has ended my career oh, so wow. I can't play anymore <laughs> what do I do and I said it's, it's actually that of rubbish and your tight head has to do this and he can't have his feet this and I said it doesn't work everyone is different and so then I think what you do is if you've got this photograph and you've got 10 red circles on it which is areas the referee has to look for at every scrum reduce that so it's as simple as reduce that. So things like binding. People go nuts about binding. Yeah. Yes, they do. And Lou said could bind where he wants and it makes no difference. Imagine the pressure coming through from 
Castro Giovanni or Carl Heyman. Right, all that pressure coming through on the tight. There's tons and tons of pressure. My hand's going to be there, there, or there, holding onto his shirt somewhere. And it won't make a difference. What's the difference? Yeah. Or it's going to be, or if he gets me and buckles me a bit, my elbow goes onto my knee, so I can't get my bind up. Penalty. Why? Because your shoulders are below your hips. Pete, props have scrummaged with their shoulders below their hips for years. For years. Jason Leonard spent half his career with his shoulders below his hips. <laughs> Jeff Probin did, the greats. It's not a myth. You know, scrummaging in really uncomfortable positions was part of the job. Now, you never have to scrummage in an uncomfortable position because everything has to be perfect. So I think, stop that. I think the only, the only two issues you have with the binding, if a prop is reaching in on a tight head's collar and pulling it across and choking him, okay. which is pretty difficult with the amount of pressure there is now. It's less of a wrestle, more of a sort mm. of smack, you know. It's, there's less time to do that stuff. That's an issue, but the ref can look for that if a complaint comes in. Yeah. If a tight head prop is on my arm pulling me down, yeah. pulling my arm in, that's an issue because the, ro- the scrum is going to roll in and collapse. They're the only things you need to ref. The rest of the whole binding regulation is bollocks. It's wow. complete bollocks, completely unnecessary. It's like a science lesson. It's not. It's, it's yeah, common I was sense. Lost about five minutes ago. It's common the sense. Of scrimmaging. Think of the <laughs> think of the pressure coming in. Like if, if you're if you've got eight blokes, this Land Rover's driving towards you, and they, they put their foot down a little bit, and you're trying to resist it and stop it pushing. Think of all the force coming through, and think about being penalised for putting my hand on the wrong part of the bumper. This yeah. hand makes fuck all difference when there's yeah. that much pressure involved. It's completely yeah. irrelevant. Mm. But they go mad about it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and they talk about boring in and this and that. Well, you know, it's kind of, I think, to a point, when did we stop tight head props boring in on hookers? And how do you know when a loose head is boring in? How do you know whether if a tight head against me, if I'm a loose head, if he bores in, what am I going to do? No, and you're also going to kind of... Follow him. Yeah. Got to Boy. follow him. Equally... As a loose head, I would often follow tight heads in, so it was their fault. I'm doing what they finishing what they started, but I would also drive them in myself. So I was guilty. Fifty, I think, leave it. Yeah, I actually think as long as the ball is going in and coming out, leave them to it and let them scrap it out. Let the boys play. Is that what you mean? Yeah, player regulation. Yeah. Same as the breakdown. Bring back rucking. Let the players regulate as much of the game as possible. So are we all in agreement then? We eliminate the knock on. I think no. I think that was a, a concise Absolutely. answer to question. <laughs> right, boys. We've got. A g- How boring was that? Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mate. Right, highballs. Yeah? Awesome. Can we do highball contest? No, now? let's not even do that. <laughs> Let, let's talk about who is cooler. So we've got a list of rugby celebrities now, and we just want who is cooler. So we're going to kick off with a quintessential English owner versus a quintessential French owner. All the French owners are cooler. Are they? Cooler than, they are. Cooler than Bruce Craig. He's, yeah, but he's, 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 he's French. He's French. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's not French, but he's, he's been, <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, but he's, been, he's got. A, he's been in France for the last twenty-five years. He's got a French wife. He's got a house he in says, Provence. Do, 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 do. He's got a house in Aix en Provence. Wow! He wears. Don't he wears. Ruin it. Stop ruining it. He wears. Stop li- it. He wears <laughs> linen. Stop sh- it. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, mate. Uh, this is enough now. <laughs> All his mates are French club owners. He wears linen shirts with no tie. He's French. So um, he's not as cool as Bougler then? Because Bougler is actually French. Oh, see, I think I think Bruce is cooler because he looks yeah. like Richard Gere and Bougler says ridiculous stuff all the time. Bruce yeah. is super cool. There's, yeah. there's, it's not even a contest, actually. No. If you were worth a squillion quid, I reckon you'd be cool. I'd be well. pretty you cool, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said to him once, uh, we had a 
we had a big game when I got in the lift and we were playing Leinster and we duly got spanked actually. But he said, uh, "You're right. You look worried." I said, "I'm not worried, mate. I'm okay." I said, "Are you worried?" He said, "I'm never worried." What have I got to worry about? That's a, that a very, yes. very good point. <laughs> I say, well, your hair's not great. That's just that's one thing. He doesn't care. He doesn't no, care. He doesn't, he doesn't even need hair. No. No. Haskell versus versus Parisi. Oh, oh. Parisi. Parisi. He hands down. <laughs> Correct answer. Correct answer. Yeah, come on now. Okay, who is the coolest fly half's dad? Mr. Farrell or Mr. Ford? Oof. I just don't think you can be that cool. If you've got, a, if you've got someone who's six Mr. foot Farrell, five... Mr. Farrell, he's won Man of Steel. Man of Steel, Man exactly. Of steel. Done. There we go. Done. And play, I, played in, I played in the only ever completely untelevised England-Saxons game. It was so low-key <laughs> and meaningless against Italy A. We played at Treviso's training ground. Oh, right? wow. There was no one there. It was free entry. There was no one there. When was this? This was like 2006, 11, something like that. Oh, wow. Seriously. Like they had proper boys, we had proper boys playing, you know. Loads of internationals playing, and they did too. There was no one there. It was complete, this game didn't exist. It was rubbish. And afterwards, there was a big party, and there's like, you can go up, and there's like an open mic, and all the, all these, like, the Italian lads are getting up there and singing, and then everyone's like, faz, faz, faz. And Andy Farrell just went up there with his rucksack on, he says, they haven't got a guitar. Played around the guitar for a sec, tuned it up, and banged out, I think it was a couple of Oasis songs. He was absolutely legendary. And he was stone cold sober. He was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I, I was going to go with Ford, but you've convinced me it's Farrell. Man of Steel. You're Man of Steel, cool. mate. Ford's a... Yeah, but Ford wears cords and he's got very nice kind of jacket. <laughs> and, he, and, he says, <laughs> and he says, and he says Ickle. And he says Ickle as well. Yeah, yeah. well, he's from Oldham. Which would make a big positive. Gingham shirts. Yeah, that's where it's at. No, it's where it's at. Positive. Yeah. But he's made it out. That's a positive. Him and Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Okay, what about referees then? Nigel Owens or Steve Walsh? Oh, Oh, Nigel. Nigel Owens. I don't know why we adjust that. Well, Steve Walsh thinks he's cooler, though. Steve Walsh is mine. I love it the way he looks up at the big screen when he's refereeing, just to make sure his hair looks good. <laughs> oh yeah, still uh, I think yeah, checking himself out. He's uh, he's I finished thought... now, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I always think I always think about Steve Walsh. If he was half as cool as he thought, he'd be twice as cool as he actually yeah, is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Why? has he uh, retired? Um, what you hear? He was just. I've got absolutely yeah, it was, no it was something idea. to do with he put his name to. A supermarket chain or something, I think. Which one? I'm not sure, but it was to open up. It was to open up in Australia, and so he couldn't get the call. Hang on, he put his name to a supermarket chain, what, twelve thousand miles away, and he couldn't. So so he can't spare an hour. It was exactly. It was was something. Well, that's what I heard. Stacks up nicely. Do you know what? I'm a big, I'm a big believer in if someone's really good at their job, and they're honest about how good they are at their job and how bad you know mistakes and whatever. I big believe that someone should be allowed to be who they are. Like we've all played with massive prima donnas who are motivated by different things, and they're not all like Rocky Balboa. And some of them take way too much time over their appearance. I always thought, as long as they're honest when they make mistakes, and they're they are absolutely doing their best to be good at their jobs, I couldn't give a monkey's what. What are you talking a little bit more about the prima donnas you've met? <laughs> no, why don't we not? <laughs> but, I, but someone like Steve Walsh, I always thought. I, I, I just didn't care I, I loved the whole sideshow with him 
uh, for a while, like how vain he appeared to be and tanned up and silly hair and all that and tats yeah, of his own. Did he, did he put uh, plaster on his arm to cover yeah. his tattoo up? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, what does it say on his tattoo? I was going to say, a bonus point if anyone knows. I got told recently, I read it recently after. Aren't yeah. I great? It's no. not far off. I mean, the implication is that. Yeah? Because he had a... Uh, Veni Vidi Vici or something. His tattoo says, he who controls himself controls the game. Oh, oh. You know, yeah, but... Look at some of the look at some of the ink the boys have got. I mean, oh, it's horrific. There's loads it's of horrific. ink about. I mean, they got yeah. but there's some boys with great ink, boys with shocking ink. You know, well, I just think the, the worst ink I've ever seen. I think was it Skaysbrook used to play at Bath. Yeah, yeah. Oh my word, what was that? The uh, stars. Star, the star on the oh, I like. I actually He's got like a big those. cobweb yeah. on his arm. Yeah, I like those. Yeah. Oh. Do you have it? Each, each to their nah, own, nah, mate. Well, I mean, if you like them, each be, to their own. I think. Is it? I think. I think if you. If you have tattoos, then you are... That's fine, but I think you've got to be reasonably willing slash comfortable for people to see you without any clothes on. And I think, my wife aside, I wouldn't, su- <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject anyone to that. I, it's like I, saw you, I saw you semi-naked yesterday, but you looked all right. You did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw you in the pool. It was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was on Twitter. It was on Twitter, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, not bad Nick. For two or three years retired, fat guy. I mean, come on. That was impressive. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, Bosch, yeah. uh, do you have any pull still in uh, Gloucester? None whatsoever. None. <laughs> did you, uh, did you, you ever have any pull? Exactly. <laughs> did I ever have any? Can, Why do, is that? Do you know anyone with any pull in Gloucester who we can get, get hold of? Oh, Lord, they, Lord Tyndall. Well, Lord Tyndall. <laughs> they, they need our help. Right. They're currently the owners of the worst kit in the Premiership by a country mile. It, right. It's, it's horrendous. And the problem is, we know that they know how to make a kit. They need the navy shorts and they need the full-on hoops. Yeah. So we need we need a contact within Gloucester to make it happen. Okay. Um, um, why, don't, why don't you just go straight to Ryan Walkinshaw at the top? Can we? Tweet him. There he's we go. Top, he's a top bloke. If you tweeted him, he would answer you, I'm telling you. I, he would answer you. Yeah. I'm sure he would. He's, he's a top bloke. But if Bolsh tweeted him, he'd definitely answer. Yeah, that's true. If Bolsh was a really good bloke, he would do it. I would if yeah, him, if Bolsh was a top bloke. If he's still yeah, cared about it. Which I've heard he is, actually. I'll, I'll tweet him now. Yeah. What do you want to say? Well, the, a return to full-on hoops and Can we please shorts. change the kit? Yeah. Yeah. Navy shorts. Because the one I've got at the moment is, is horrendous. Like, the, the, the shorts merging into the top. It's got all strange shapes on it. It's too synthetic. I know, we're back. We just, we'll just keep going, don't worry. But it needs to be that uh, slightly cardboardy uh, old-school cotton fabric. Yeah, that'd be nice. Not you, mate. Can't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> some, some strange guy in Sheffield yeah. just being uh, beat by... Stick it up your ass, yeah? <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> Stuff. Ryan. <coughs> Is it just at Ryan, isn't it? Yeah. At Ryan, yeah. It's going to take a while. No, you can do it afterwards. Oh, okay. It's because we're in the sticks. How about we tweet you? And you can... Uh, you tweet me and, and I'll really? pass it on. Yeah, you endorse. Okay, perfect. Our views. Yeah. Who do you think has got the best kit in the Premiership? Oh, easy. Leicester at the moment. Really? Leicester's great. Oh, that racing green. Oh, and they all God. run around like E type Jags. Wonderful. Or turbo diesel Land Rovers, aren't yeah. Oh, either or. I mean, I, I, what about really in Europe? Stad? I, do you know what? I used to like Stad. And I, I always felt that I was ahead of the curve because I got the first ever pink shirt from Stad. Really? It took over 12 weeks to actually arrive from Paris. But I, I had the first Chronopost, one. Chronopost, mate. 
bloody sham chronopost in France. Oh, it's a bloody shambles. They're all on strike. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but ever since then, it's kind of been a case of um, everyone's got into the pink thing. Everyone's got a, stri- uh, you know, a slightly zany kit. So I'm past that. So I'm now all the classics. Tradition. Yeah, I think Toulouse are fairly far ahead in the kit, in the kit stakes. Ah, yeah. Leinster as well. Leinster's good. Leinster. Mm. What do you reckon then? Uh, I don't know. I quite like the out there. Wasp's old away kit with the pro- the old school hoops was good. Yeah, that was good actually. Shouldn't have been that. Bath old school teachers tops. Yeah, that's like like they're the best ones. I actually like the yellow ones. Dog fish. Oh, yeah. Really? I actually had that one too. Uh, the old yellow one made by by Adidas. Got it from Adidas. Adidas. Like Adidas. Those are the days. Do you, call it, Nike, do you call it Nike as well? Uh, do you call uh, Porsches Porsche? Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> are you that guy? I'm that guy. <laughs> but it's how they say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like when uh, when Eddie Butler talks about Benjamin Kayser, he calls him oh. Benjamin Kayser. Uh, Benjamin Kayser. Benjamin, isn't it? Yeah. yeah uh, when he meets you, he says, "Hello, I'm Ben." <laughs> I think he's alright with it. Uh, <laughs> the Leicester Luan, accent. Luan Nakatasi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, yeah we had a little feature on um, uh, on Eddie Butler last week or the week before about his uh, suspect pronunciations. Oh, did you? Scott Spadine. Scott Spadine. <laughs> he's South African, mate. Um, that guy yeah. is massive. Yes. He's like the most athletic doorman that I've ever seen. He's yeah, a big boy. He's like, he's, I don't know why he signed for Claremont. He's not going to get a game with Nick or Bender down there, is he? Oh, ben, Bender's is great. Bender's. He, I reckon, um, reckon Bender will play the home games and Scott's betting will play the away games. Why have we got just... uh, Jean-Marc Boutin as well there? Yeah. Uh, Claremont. Isn't yeah. he leaving to go to... Quite the collection of football. What are you going to do next, Bolsh? Are you going to stay in France for a little while? We're staying there for the foreseeable future. My kids are fully integrated into the French system. Oh, nice. I'm fully integrated into the French system. <laughs> yeah, the weather's good now. The lifestyle's fantastic. I had a very, I was very fortunate to be able to move my family out there. Um, You've got to be careful though. You could raise them as socialists or something. It'd be terrible. That's the worry, isn't it? Well, yeah, it yeah. is a worry, you know. We, we just basically school with the nicest playground and the best lunch. They can just go there, whatever <laughs> yeah. they're teaching. The one that's nearest to the care. house. <laughs> whoever's nearest to the house, whatever. They'll be fine. Then. Yeah, be right. Be read. Uh, are you in touch at all with uh, Harren Ordecky, who's a uh, you know, Yes, I know him very well. He was uh, a bit of a cha- well, I say childhood legend. He's, he, you know, he's still playing, and I'm and I'm thirty. But <laughs> grow, grow, growing up, he was the guy who was always, in, in my mind, the best number eight. Would you no. ahead of uh, Dalio when they had that kind of that period together? I would have because I never really liked Dalio because I was Welsh at the time. All they used to do is spank Wales. <laughs> so I always wanted him to get like, one up on uh, Dalio, but it's amazing what he's done because he was—he's obviously been a world-class number eight, and obviously he's moved from Biritz to Toulouse. He had two or three years at Biritz where his form dipped, and everybody was saying, uh, especially over in France, that that was it—that was him yeah. done. But basically, now when Toulouse play well. He is at the centre of everything. Yeah, uh, and the he's, way he's such a slick operator. He's absolutely, oh, he's, he's an absolute phenomenon. There's one thing when you when you don't Most know him, player. you can see him coming across as a bit arrogant. You can. What well, wasn't very helpful when he said he hated the English. <laughs> <laughs> very amusing, though. Very, very amusing, but he's a very proud Basqueman. Um, I I always like the fact. I don't know if it's true that he only used to sign one year contract so he could go back and form if it all went wrong. I. Well, 
Just say, it's, might, just say it's true. It's true, really true. Apart oh, from that four-year four deal he signed. Uh, yeah, he signed <laughs> monthly contracts, actually. He just went paycheck to paycheck. Incredible. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah. Great. So we've got a lot of good audio, and uh, we've uh, managed to take, what, about half a tank of petrol? One last nice thing. One. What's, yeah. the, uh, what's the wick for? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, God. It, one of these things that these... These creative types the br- out here. Brilliant television. <laughs> they create they create these little ideas for us to break up the journeys because this journey is nine hours long, so it's quite you know it's quite a long journey. But they try and break it up with things like wigs and beards so for us to muck around queens. with. Nice. <laughs> so we have to humour them, you know. Boys, yeah. that was absolutely great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thank lad. you so much. That was JB and Phil chatting to David Flatman on the Tour de Flats, which, as we mentioned, you can see every Monday night on Rugby Tonight on BT Sport. And thank you very much to BT Sport for having us, uh, well, having JB and Phil in the back of a Land Rover. That sounds well dodgy. David <laughs> David Flatman had me in the back of his Land Rover. You can now uh, legitimately say, boys, um, top lads, aren't they? Yeah. Him and Bolsh. Great blokes. Really, really good fun. One of the best things we've done on the pod. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, cheers. That, does, that doesn't make me feel more jealous that I missed it. I'll tell you one of the all. other best things we did on the pod was uh, go to Chicago to watch the All Blacks. Oh, oh. you would have loved that. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it was wonderful. Oh, oh, my word. There's loads of stuff online, by the way, um, from the Tour de Flats. That, like I say, you may have seen it on Rugby Tonight, uh, Monday night. Uh, there's more coming up in future weeks, but there's stuff on the BT Sport website as well. Quick question for everyone. Yeah. The... World Cup ends, doesn't it, in... About November, Oct- October, November. Are they going to do... Very, or- I think it's October the 27th or something like that is, is the it? World Cup final, around then. Will yeah, they do Autumn Internationals as well? No. No, 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 no. no. Sure, I'm sure they did it last time. They had like, <laughs> massively congested... No. No Autumn Internationals, no LV Cup. No LV Cup? <laughs> <laughs> They've reduced the Tri-Nations as well. Oh, all right, fine. Okay, well, so, that's the end of my next question. No Summer Tours as well. Right, well, that that's it. It is back to Premiership for a week. Okay, well, let's go with the, fir- the first one, the game which I'm going to BT Sports watch next week. Oh, well, you're, you're down there for that as well. I am. I'm going down on Sunday. So I'll be recording the podcast next Sunday with and either of you two. Uh, I know. I know we're not there. Uh, Bryn Williams, isn't it? Uh, R- RGC's Bryn Williams. RGC's Bryn Williams. Barbarian. 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 And whoever else you can find in the BT, studio- BT Sports studios. Yes. So... Um, Hopefully they'll lend me somebody. So watch, watch, uh, watch BT Sport Sunday afternoon, and you will see JB representing the Egg Chasers podcast uh, in the little media hub area. And uh, I'm sure you'll be a breath of fresh air, JB. I'm sure I will. Yeah. Are you going to have some uh, Gavin Henson topless pictures on your screen like last time? <laughs> I see. Oh, yeah, so that. Was that a little prank we played on JB? No, 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 no. I did it myself. No, JB did it himself. So yeah, you sit in front of a little monitor and then Craig Doyle will come and have a little natter with you. What are people saying and what's going on, guys? What's your thoughts? And JB had behind him a, a computer screen with a to- topless Gavin Henson <laughs> screensaver. We picked a bad round of matches, didn't we? It's yeah. like the rubber. It was the dead yeah, rubber. Dead rubbers. I had the pleasure of watching Exeter uh, oh, Newcastle. Away at Newcastle. The worst game. <laughs> yeah. Both couldn't compete for anything. Stuart Lancaster, for some reason, turned up to that to watch that game. He soon went. <sighs> well, waste of time. N- anything but dead rubbers. There is so much on the line in round 19 of the Aviva Premiership, and it kicks off on Friday night with Newcastle against Bath. <sighs> Where, who tricky, tricky away fixture. I mean, Newcastle have got no, Bath, no, nothing not. to play for. Um, Bath have got everything to play for. Bath will smash them. They'll absolutely ruin them. But Newcastle, easier weekend. 
Um, Bath, I, obviously, travelling over to Leinster. I don't care. Bath will smash them. They have too much too much pace, not only in the backs, but all, all around. I heard a fact. Bath. I heard a fact, and I'll have to get Phil to work on this for the next podcast and to verify this. Newcastle have got the most pushover line-out tries out of any premiership team. To the lab, Phil. Apparently. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll, I heard. I'll investigate. I know they, they've got a couple Makes of players... Sense. Uh, Mark Wilson's very near the top. I think he's second top on tackles behind Julian Salvi. Really? And Snotty Snotty is right up there on uh, Meters Made. He's a cracking player. Yeah, I don't know he if he's really top, is. but he's up there, Meters Made and uh, line breaks as well. And also another little fact for you, and this one, um, in the game against London Irish a couple of weeks ago, Newcastle, um, well, London Irish, set a new premiership record for tackles in a match. Did they? They were down to 14 men for practically half a game with the three yellow card, three or four yellow cards. Oh, because cards are great. And then they, uh, they, they, they made something like 230 tackles in the match. Which is some, I think it's a Premiership record. So. Wow! wow. Fact. There you go. So Newcastle can attack, but maybe can't score the points, which is why I'm also going for a Bath win. Bath win. On to Saturday, Harlequins against Gloucester. This is basically whoever loses this has zero chance of sneaking uh, seventh spot. The reality is probably neither side are going to get top seven. Yeah. But whoever wins has a sliver of hope. Well, I don't think Gloucester do. I mean, Gloucester are pretty much done, I think. Gloucester, who have a new kit manufacturer who's got in touch with us on the podcast, they heard the last podcast and said... We're taking over and things are going to be good. We're hoping for the full hoops and the old school navy shorts. Navy shorts. Navy shorts and red really white hoops. make that outfit sing. But we will see. X Blades are the new kit X- manufacturer. I'm not confident a company with the name X Blades are going to deliver the product that I want. <laughs> well, <laughs> traditional. <laughs> yeah. We'll if see. You, we'll see. Let's reserve you, judgment. If, if you said that the local tailors, uh, Smith, and, Smith and Hollingwood, are, are going to go and make the kits, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> But anyway, good good luck, uh, X Blades. It's down to you now. Quinns at home. I'm going for. Yeah, I think Quinns at home should yeah. just, just about take it. Saracens against Leicester. This is a meaty, meaty encounter. And again, Leicester. If they lose, Exeter could leapfrog them. Um, Saracens. If they lose, they could technically be outside the top four. Whoever loses this match. Yes. Yeah. So is is everything on the line? I think Saracens at home. Don't forget that Leicester have just had a rest, or will have just had a rest weekend, have just had a rest weekend when you listen yeah, to true. this. true, and Saracens have got another big game. So Saracens have just had a big old match against Racing Metro. Leicester don't play. I think Saracens just, I think that synthetic pitch too, is, will be too much. They've got a great squad, they can rotate. I just think home, well I just think home, they'll, yeah. they'll sneak it. Uh, yes, I'll go with that as well. But if it's bad conditions, mm. if it's pouring down, so the pitch will obviously be good, but if it's pouring down, I'd expect Leicester's pack to do enough. Mm, that's a, a hell of a matchup. On to Sunday, then three more fixtures. Let's get the London Welsh one out of the way. London Welsh v Wasps, whatever. Um, <laughs> Exeter v Northampton, first place, fifth. Exeter at home, Northampton top, and ten points clear. Sandy Park will be rocking, which means yeah, it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. Exeter down there. will win. Hear me now, believe me later. Uh, it's going to be three points either way. I think Exeter as well. I think Exeter will do it. They've actually got more to play for. Northampton have got that 10-point cushion yeah. at the top of the Premiership, so it matters less to them. Northampton know they've got London Welsh in May as well. Northampton basically shut up shop now. <sighs> they, they can rest a few players legitimately. Northampton have got Leicester away though and Saracens at home, so they still, I think, have got to go. I think they'll be wanting to put the top spot to bed with this match 
and I think they're going to really go for it, and I think they'll sneak it at yeah. Sandy Park. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Okay. And London Irish against Sale. <sighs> Gritty match this, actually. Yeah. yeah. London Irish not really with anything to play for. Sale. But they do have a fairly favourable run-in if they... Two home games against Quinns and Newcastle and an away game against Irish. That I mean, yeah. I think Sale will win this game. They've got more to play for. Blind faith, I'm going Irish. Sale. Sale for me as well. We, we will have a podcast to debate what went on, what the big stories of the of the coming week are, uh, and react to those premiership matchups. Uh, just a quick mention, there's some Pro 12 fixtures going on, isn't there? Yes. Go on, what are they? Uh, Friday night, Benetton, Treviso against Ospreys. Yep, okay, next one. Glasgow, Cardiff Blues. That should be interesting. Will it? Well, Glasgow hey, is another one. Them. Connacht against Ulster. Ulster, big win. Ulster, <sighs> Ulster have signed uh, Charles Pietau. Nice. That's a All tidy signing. That is a great signing. Do they have a load of salary cap space to spare or something? <laughs> uh, you must shovel this money out somehow. Yeah. Gotta they, do something with it. When they get 15, 20,000 people every game at the Kingspan, Ravenhill. Bad news about Ross, Ross Olding as well. Is it Ross? Ross Stuart. Olding. Stuart, Stuart Olding. Olding, sorry. I, I used to play with a guy called Ross Oldroyd, that's why I got confused. Yeah. What's the news about Stuart Olding? He's out for nine months, mate. Is he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big Ulster fan, Phil. Uh-huh. Big Ulster fan. Uh, Zebra Scarlets. Why, why do we even leave every match we mention so far is a big win one way or the other it's such a terrible league it's awful Scarlet's Scar- 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 obviously alright this one's interesting Edinburgh Munster wow one game um, Munster mm. big win Edinburgh at home <laughs> to win <laughs> and uh, Leinster travel to the Dragons <laughs> <laughs> what an awful set of games <laughs> <laughs> they've arranged them they must have arranged the easy games because it's sandwiged in between European Champions Cup yeah, yeah. imagine yeah, imagine actually if you if you were one of the bad teams playing Leinster it's like oh right is, is that how you rate us is it <laughs> enjoy the rugby this weekend at Rugby Podcast with us, uh, catch, check in with us on Twitter in between now and then we'll be having a little natter about rugby on there and uh, subscribe to the podcast and we'll deliver the next one straight to you thank you very much for listening nice one JB goodbye Tim top work Phil cheers Tim in a bit I have I've got a little package even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.